I don't know how, but I think I just brought this guy to life. Ghastly grinder? A grinner. He feeds off people's emotions and drains them till they're nothing but laughing idiots. I think he got my parents. We should tell somebody. My parents! Mom! Betty! Phil! Gosh, it's good to see you! Hi, come on in and meet Uncle Bob! <laughs> <laughs> don't have much of a sense of humor, Ethan. Yeah? Well, I don't have an Uncle Bob. <laughs> it doesn't matter where you are, when Nickelodeon let you up, better off by far, Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon. Good morning, Gut Buckets. This is Big Orange Couch, the 90s Nickelodeon podcast, where we talk about all things 90s Nickelodeon. My name's Joey. I'm Andrew. Hey, blowholes! <laughs> <laughs> it's Melissa. And this is episode 110. We're talking the ghastly, the tale of the ghastly grinner. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Show respect. <laughs> um, an episode that I think a lot of people have maybe been waiting for. Yeah. Uh, One of the best. Including you, Melissa. <clears throat> yeah, I think. <clears throat> excuse me. I think he was. Number one or two on my scariest. Mm-hmm. The episode scariest. I can't remember which one, but it is ingrained in my brain. <laughs> this episode. And you watched it again, I'm assuming. Oh yeah. And did you watch it once, twice? Oh, two? just once. Mm-hmm. I I think I have it memorized, <laughs> so I didn't really need a refresher, but I I watched it anyway. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorites. Yeah. Of course. Okay. Uh, as a kid, especially. Mm-hmm. What about you? I like it a lot. Probably not as much as you guys. Uh, I have some problems, which I'll, I'll talk no. about. But, uh... Of course you do. <laughs> I mean, personal. <laughs> oh. Oh. No. Um, no, it, I'm, I'm excited that we're, we're finally here talking about it. Uh, we've only done one other... Um, are you afraid of the dark episode review, which you were here yeah. for, which is the thirteenth floor, mm-hmm. which seems like forever ago. Yeah, um, I think it was forever ago. <laughs> Approximately. Was yeah, I think it was one of the first episodes I did. It was in the teens for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we're back at it. Uh, this episode aired. Well, it's hard to say. Uh, every site had a different date. Um, usually, I could find two sites that link up. Um, so I just went with the one that sounded right, uh, which was, um, November 19th, 1994. Hmm. Um, I'd also saw November 12th and December 3rd of 1994, but, uh, who knows? Um, this is season four, episode nine. Um, we had talked about November of 1994 when we discussed, um, our real monsters, uh, crumbs pimple. Um, but, uh. There's a few things we weren't doing then, so I'll, I'll mention it here. So, uh, in November of 1994, music that comes out that month, uh, Aerosmith have an album, Willie Nelson, uh, Nirvana re- released their Unplugged album, uh, Tom Petty, Frank Sinatra, Ice Cube, Prince, Mary J. Blige, and TLC release Crazy Sexy Cool. Oh, yeah. Which is, uh, that's something. Great, great album. <laughs> Uh, TV that month, uh, we have two shows that premiere, The Essence of Emerald on the Food Network. Yeah. <laughs> that was a big one. You like that one? Kind of like, well, yeah, I liked it, but it kind of like 
broke open the food uh, person like TV personality scene. Yeah, yeah, that's he true. He was like the first one. Yeah, what a ninety four. Yeah, that's true. Would have had to been early. Are you an Emerald fan? I mean, now he's he's all right. I, but I didn't watch the show. I don't even remember it being on. Okay. I don't think I cared much for cooking okay. back in '94. At the time, his like bamming was really uh, yeah. something oh, yeah, that's you never right. saw on TV. Yeah. <laughs> wow, yeah. What is this guy? Cooks don't yell. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then the Spider-Man cartoon also premiered hmm. uh, that month on TV. Uh, movies, uh, not number one movies, but other movies that came out in November of 1994. Miracle on 34th Street, the uh, the new version of it. Oh yeah, love it. You Mara Wilson. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's... It was I, great. I, I had it. Love it. I had it uh, on VHS in one of those clamshell cases. Mm-hmm. I don't think I ever watched it. <laughs> oh, it's great. You guys gotta watch it. Well, you yeah. have me convinced. Love it. Uh, also came out that month, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Mm. Uh, Robert De Niro. Man. Oh yeah. yeah, I watched that in school for English. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> was that any good? Huh. Who, I think so. Who did Robert De Niro play? I think he was Frankenstein. Wow, that's. <laughs> I could be wrong, <laughs> but I'm weird. almost positive he was. That sounds weird. But it was school, so I probably didn't like it just because it was school. Sure. I'll have to watch it outside of. School. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Swan Princess came out that month, and then the big one, I think for us, is probably The Page Master with Macaulay Culkin. Oh, yeah. That was good. That yeah. was very good. Real cool blending of animation and real. Big crush on Macaulay back then. Yeah? Yeah. I had a crush on everybody. <laughs> Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> Turtles. Macaulay. Did you have a crush on Ethan from The Ghastly Grinner? No, definitely not. <laughs> oh, why? Um. Oh, <laughs> why? <laughs> Should I, I have? <laughs> He's an interesting one. So we got a lot of comments, and I saw a lot of trivia about, um, uh, you know, people being confused as to whether his character was a boy or a girl initially. That's huh. terrible. <laughs> I mean, I knew it was, it was boy. Yeah, his name's Ethan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no. Okay, so no crush on Ethan. No, he just—he was always so worked up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like he delivered every. Every line with just panic and I don't know. Yeah. He was just always frustrated. <laughs> he is kind of worked up. Yeah. Yeah. Tightly wound. Not um, my not my thing. <laughs> well, before we uh, talk about the tale of the ghastly grinner, um, I know it's been a hundred episodes since we've done this, but uh, last time around we did Thirteenth Floor, we wrote our own little opening Midnight mm. Society segments. Uh, you know how they introduced the story. This time around, it's Betty Ann. My favorite. Uh, and uh, should we just hear what she has to say? Sure. Comic books take you into a world of fantasy and adventure. But is it a place that comes from somebody's imagination or somebody's experience? Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society, I call this story The Tale of the Ghastly Grinner. So, um, probably not my favorite, uh... Yeah, I'm alright with the intro. The whole, uh, well, we'll talk about what happens <laughs> in the campfire, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's alright. Yeah, but what happens before her little talk is, I think, interesting, but her little speech is not, like, it doesn't get me yes. revved up for the ghastly yeah, grinner. Yeah. Um, but do you want to share what you might sure. say if you were introducing yeah. such a story? <laughs> 
Comic books have the power to transport us to other worlds, and microwaves give us the power to heat up food really fast. <laughs> but have you ever wondered what would happen if you put the two together? Submitted for the approval of the Bighorn Couch, I call this story The Tale of the Malfunctioning Microwave. <laughs> That's very good. Very nice, yes. And is that your actual name, the episode, though? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. <laughs> Creation is at the heart of all things. It might sound cliche, but what if the very thing you created, via someone else's dad who's gone missing, a random comic book, a microwave, and an electrical outlet with too many things plugged into it, came to life and wanted its own creator to become a laughing maniac. Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society, I call this the tale of the blue goo. Blue goo. Yeah. Good one. I, yeah. I was really curious to see what your title was going to be, because this was maybe the toughest one that I've had. Really? I was yeah, actually just... going to... I was going <clears> to <throat> wait to hear yours, because uh, I had two options. I had blue glue... Blue Goo and uh, the Microwave Clown. Uh, um, so I figured, yeah. Microwave, they, they play such a pivotal yes, role. it does. <laughs> I didn't recall how important microwaves were. For making so little sense, it's like yeah. a major part of the story. Yeah. Um, but I like the intro. And those, as I was writing it, I'm like, this is not, like, this is kind of fun. Like, it must yeah. have been fun to write those little. Yeah, I think probably. Like three sentences to introduce yeah. the story. Um did you name the episode? You don't have to say it now. I did. Okay. I named it. Okay, we'll save it I didn't it come up with anything oh, yeah, as creative. I usually save those. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> we'll, we'll have Melissa's. <laughs> uh, so do we want to talk about Ghastly Grinner? Yeah, let's do it. So the episode starts with Gary busy trying to light the fire for the meeting, but the logs are just too wet. <laughs> Frank grabs a comic book out of Tucker's back pocket and suggests that they use it as kindling. Dang, how about this? No way! Chill, it's a comic book. It's not. It's a graphic novel. It's firewood. Hey, I can use this. Thanks. Hey! As Frank and Tucker argue, Betty Ann snatches the comic, saying she could use it to help tell her story. She suggests, what if the stories in comics aren't made up, but something more? <laughs> <laughs> As she says it, the fire suddenly roars to yeah. life, and she submits for the approval of the Midnight Society, the tale of the ghastly Grinner. Man, they're psyched when that fire gets yeah. gone. <laughs> that might be the only, like, supernatural-ish moment outside of, like, mm. the tale. Yeah. Well, were they just rubbing two dry sticks together? <laughs> yes. Has that ever Which... worked for anybody? Not only is that really difficult, but... That's not going to, like, light the wet logs. Plus, those sticks were probably wet, too. Yeah. I mean, where did they come from? No way. I, um, I have such immense respect for Betty Ann as a storyteller, <laughs> and I don't like the fact that they're multitasking while she's talking to them. <laughs> <laughs> that there's, like, two Midnight Society members so preoccupied with the logs while she's about to yeah. blow their minds. She doesn't seem to mind. Yeah. She knows well, that's, well, that's she knows who she the is. strength of her That's story. who she is. <laughs> If I was a storyteller, I, I'd be like... I wouldn't I, be cool with it. No, I'd be like, I'll wait. <laughs> Excuse you. All right. So we're introduced to Ethan Wood, a kid with dreams of being a comic book artist. He sorts through a stack of rejection letters, and in a fit of rage, he rips all of his artwork down from the walls. 
That was one of the best parts. So, like, such a great example of teenage angst in the 90s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just ripping stuff off the walls. My the issue... camera work, the yeah. handheld, it oh, yeah. was good. The lightning, the thunder. Yeah. I had a slight issue with this that he got, like, a stack of rejections. Like, he must be sending these out fast and furious <laughs> to have received that many all at once. And he just looked at one envelope. He didn't even open it up. It, he it just, just the address. He said, don't call us, we'll call you. <laughs> and that, how do you even know that? You didn't even open it. They're all yeah. like, can't wait to work with you. <laughs> <laughs> once he calms down, he notices one more letter lying on the floor. It's an advertisement for the grand opening of a new comic book store called Comic Books, Inc. When he gets to the shop, it's strangely empty for a grand opening, and he's greeted by the older girl who works there, Frankie. Oh, I missed her name, Frankie. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Frankie acts like she was looking for him specifically and asks to see his artwork. I hear you're pretty good. What? Well, come on, Cakes. Don't be shy. Did you bring some of your drawings? How did you know I draw? Word travels. Let me see. Come on, I'm a professional. I'm not very good. I've been trashed by every publisher on the planet. Oh, I don't always listen to what people say, Cakes. A lot of those Zoomers wouldn't know talent from... Uncas. Pardon? You're a little rough around the edges, Cakes. But you draw like one of the greats. Sylvester Uncas. Uh, I think she has a confusing character, kind of. Like, uh, she's... What is she supposed to be? A greaser from, like, the 50s? <laughs> uh, is that her vibe? I don't know. Yeah. Like, uh, well, it, I thought it was, like, an alternative. Yeah. In the 90s, I feel like that kind, that was kind of a look for okay. some people. But Cakes is... I yeah. F- like, I feel like you'd hear it in, like, a mobster movie from, yeah. like, the yeah. 40s or something. Yeah. I don't love it. But no, I don't no. like. No, I don't like the term cakes. Yeah, 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 I wouldn't find it endearing if someone called me that. <laughs> Ethan's never heard of Sylvester Uncas, so Frankie shows him Uncas's claim to fame—a comic with a villain so hideous his mere laugh could reduce his victims to giggling idiots. <laughs> the Ghastly Grinner. Ever hear of the Ghastly Grinner? Uh, no. A villain. So hideous, his mere laugh could reduce his victims to giggling idiots. Issue one, volume one. Drawn by Sylvester Uncas. He was a genius, but didn't have the guts for the Grinner. It was so frightening. He only drew one issue, and then... He disappeared. This is the only copy left. Um, real fast before that. Yeah. So she clearly has singled out Ethan. Mm-hmm. Um, and he asks he asks her, how does she know his work? And she yeah. says, word travels. Yeah. But he's like 12. Like, hey, the kids in this town. Yeah. <laughs> Who's talking about Ethan? <laughs> Well, it's someone, I assume. He's sending out a lot of stuff. I mean, you never know. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Didn't say that. (laughs) No. 
uh, Frankie says Uncas was a genius, but he didn't have the guts for the grinner. <laughs> one of my <laughs> favorite lines of this episode. Um, after one issue, Sylvester disappeared. Uh, when she opens up that leather-bound yeah. case, did you find it kind of funny? Like, it looks really cool, like, yeah, like what that. she's opening with, but... The Ghastly Grinner is not the only thing in there. There's like a notebook. That's true. Like I, some papers. I assume that's where she's keeping all of her most precious stuff. I just thought it was all of the Sylvester Uncas like uh, notes. Yeah, and... that's probably right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. I think it would pack a bigger punch if it was just the comic. Uh, I kind of like yeah. the idea of some other stuff in there. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh. <laughs> Grinner apologist over here. <laughs> Uh, the comic book that she has is the only one left, and she gives it to Ethan as part of the shop's grand opening, which yeah. is, you know, a nice thing. Questionable. Yeah, but, I mean, it's very <laughs> suspicious. Uh, yeah. What? Talking it <laughs> up like that. handing over a one-of-a-kind comic book for free. Like, do, do you think Frankie knows that he has to finish? At this point, she knows he has to finish that last comic, right? Like, it hasn't happened yet, but... Yeah. She does seem to want so, that. So yeah. what's the point of giving him this comic? Just if... whet his appetite for the ghastly grinner so that he'll be ready to finish it. Yeah, I guess she didn't suspect that he'd put it in the microwave. Well, <laughs> she didn't suspect that uh, Wrightson was going to show up. Yeah, and he shows up, right? We'll, we'll find out <laughs> that right now. <laughs> so at school the next day, Ethan's class is learning about microwaves when the teacher, Mr. Wrightson, catches him reading his new comic book. Priorities, Mr. Wood. We have only so much room in our minds. We mustn't seek to fill it with tripe. You can't. It's one of a kind. Correction. It's none of a kind. To Ethan's horror, Wrightson drops the comic into the class's fish tank. Brutal. Yeah, really a Hard jerk. Hard to watch. <laughs> Wrightson. <laughs> At home, Ethan's parents tell him they got a call from school that he was causing trouble in class. As they watch TV and gorge themselves on junk food, they warn Ethan that comics are an addiction and that if they get another call from the school, he'll be banned from reading them until he's out of college. That was more depressing <laughs> as an adult to watch. Then when I was a kid, those parents. Oh, yeah. yeah. Those parents are almost worse than the Grinner. Yeah. <laughs> Without being, like, you know, taken over by yes, the yeah. yeah. Just couch potatoes. Just their regular yeah. selves. Yeah. Um, I was also thinking about, I think we've talked about this before, but do you think a kid would actually get in trouble in school nowadays for having a comic book? It seems uh, like it would almost be a good thing. <laughs> It'd be like, oh, thank God. He's reading. Yeah. 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 <laughs> True. It's not a phone. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, later, as Ethan is trying to read his soggy comic, he gets an idea to dry it out in the microwave, which means he uh, must have gone and fished the comic book out. You know. Yeah, he got after out of the class or yeah. whatever. But my microwaving a comic is definitely questionable. <laughs> I can see it. Like maybe an idiot kid is gonna yeah. try okay. microwaving I'm a comic. I'm pretty sure after watching this. I did try and dry stuff in the microwave when I was younger. I mm. really did. Did it work? I don't remember, but I remember thinking, oh, that's an option, is the microwave. <laughs> Ethan that's Wood did it. <laughs> it turned out great. <laughs> There's a hole in it. <laughs> I don't know if it was paper, but... <laughs> 
So Ethan starts the comic drying when his mom yells that he has a phone call from a girl, and he runs downstairs to answer it. It turns out to be a girl from his class, Hooper Picolero. Great character name. Yep. I like it, too. <laughs> She's great all around, really. Hello? It's Hooper Picolero. Who? Hooper Picolero. I sit across from you in Mr. Wright's science class. You know, glasses, sweater, braces. I guess I'm a nerd. Oh, right. I mean, you're not a nerd. That's okay. I think a person should know what they are and work with it. So she calls to sympathize about Mr. <clears throat> Wright's in destroying Ethan's comic. Um, meanwhile, Ethan's mom plugs the waffle iron into an already packed outlet, and soon there's an explosion from the microwave. Well, that's nice of you to say. I mean it. I think you're a really great artist. And... Ethan drops the phone and runs into the smoking kitchen calling for his parents. And when he plucks the comic from the microwave, it has a big hole in the middle. And there's a giant oozing hole in the wall in the shape of the Grinner. <laughs> I mean, the exact <laughs> shape. It was like, like the Kool-Aid man. Yeah, yeah. Did you think about like whoever had to do the set design for that? It was like very exact. Mm-hmm. They did a nice job. Yeah, they did. And I liked that... Uh, <laughs> That was a very comic booky moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. I mean, uh, the the transitions. I guess we haven't talked about yeah. the transition oh, yeah. between the scenes, but it's like a comic book page kind of turning with a yes. terrible guitar twang. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. With I enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Ethan's mom walks in as he's inspecting the hole, and she starts laughing uncontrollably uncontrollably and spitting up blue slime. Ethan finds his dad sitting on the couch only to discover that he's suffering from the same condition. Maybe you should open the door to get rid of this. Oops. <gasps> Too late. outside <laughs> wait 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 a second because they look this is so cool like the the effect i think the people that the grinner has the effect on mm-hmm. look cooler than the grinner yes mm-hmm. oh well i don't know if cooler but i think as oh, like those as dead cool. like spooky uh, yeah. yeah like raccoon eyes mm-hmm. with the blue goo and like the frizzed hair the blue goo is great oh it's yeah. just mm-hmm. i remember when he approached his dad it still kind of freaked me out. Like, yeah. oh, when he turns around, what's he going to look like? <laughs> and how they all act is really great. Yeah. When they're uh-huh. in their madness. In, like, the way they uh, edit the voice so it kind of becomes, like, high-pitched yes. as they continue yeah. to talk is a great effect. Yes, that was really good. Yeah. So bolting outside, Ethan flips through the comic and notices that one of the panels shows his dad spitting up slime and saying exactly what he just said moments earlier. While he's reading, Hooper Picolero sneaks up and startles him, and he tells her about the Grinner. They notice Hooper's parents going into Ethan's house, and they head to the comic shop, hoping Frankie will know what to do. 
when they get on the bus, they notice that what's happening in real life is happening in the comic book. The bus driver suddenly turns mental, twisting his head around, <laughs> spitting up slime and driving out of control. Oh my gosh, your parents! My parents! Us! This is great. The head turning. Yes. It's, uh, the head turning, the blue goo, the laugh. I used to cover my eyes a little bit if it was real late and I was all by myself. Not now, but... Well, it's kind of scary still. <laughs> I did, yeah. No, I think I think it's like one of the few Are You Afraid of the Dark moments when I saw it now where I was like, that's pretty heavy. Yeah. Um, it is freakish. And when the bus driver's like just kind of like bouncing. Yeah, and he's like jumping he's around. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's great. Great effect. Um, Ethan saves the day by pulling the emergency cord, and he and Hooper escape. Um, and as they're running off the bus, like the bus driver, uh, <laughs> like leaned over and drooling Just, that goo, yeah, giggling, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. really, really good. Um, when they get to the comic shop. Frankie tells Ethan that Uncas theorized he wasn't just creating comics, but guidebooks to other real worlds. Hmm. Sylvester Uncas always said he wasn't just drawing comics. He was creating guidebooks to other worlds, real worlds. He seems like a nutcase. That's what everyone thought, until he drew the ghastly grinner. Uncas stumbled on something far too evil to be toyed with, and he wanted to put a stop to it before it was too late. This was to be the final issue. The death of the ghastly grinner. It's not done! Before he could finish, the Grinner got him. He hasn't been seen since. And now, you've brought the Grinner into this world where he can have all the fresh victims he could possibly want. How do you know all this? Sylvester Uncas was my father. (laughs) I don't know if I... (laughs) You like that? You don't like this? It just doesn't seem like it adds anything. I mean, that's way more reasonable than any of the microwave stuff. Like, this actually, like, kind of... I can see the but line it, of logic they're going for here. I'd just rather have one or the other. Um, one or the other what? Like, no microwave, just the comic books create, like, a guide to new worlds, or... Well, I don't see what the, how the microwave makes sense without that. Like, how does it make sense with just the microwave? Because the microwave is what brought him to life. But why? Like, that <laughs> exactly. doesn't make any... I mean, <laughs> this at least, like, has some kind of logic to it. I'm but not, how would he I'm not anti this. That there's another world. Oh, I'm, okay. I'm not anti this. Oh, okay. I just, like, one or the other. Did Sylvester uh, create this world? Uh, yeah. Did he create it knowing only microwaves could create the gateway? Well, the microwave is the whole... <laughs> thing that's hard to understand and it's everything else i feel like fits together like how did the grinner come to him before if it was too much and he disappeared yeah that's true i'm not sure i'm not sure how that might have happened he put his papers in the microwave i think i think it was supposed i think it's supposed to be like the grinner was such a realized character that he like came to life of his own that i like which would like then work with the alternate 
realities. Yeah. But the, the microwave is just the weak point of this episode, I'll agree. But... Yeah, it's, it's prominent, though. It's, yeah, um, it's very important. Uncas knew he had stumbled onto something evil, and Frankie shows Ethan Uncas's unfinished drawings for the final issue, The Death of the Ghastly Grinner. Mm. Ethan asks her how she knows all this stuff, and she tells him that Sylvester Uncas <laughs> was her father. <laughs> All right. This wasn't a shocker to you. Oh, what they want, like a Star Wars moment, or yeah. <laughs> I don't care if it's her dad or not. Like, <laughs> I'm not sure it's more effective. It makes well, sense that she knows about Uncas. That she has the materials. If she had those sense. all along, why wouldn't she have said it from the start? Said it. I think she was afraid he wasn't. He was going to think she was crazy, and like until he got into this, she's already crazy. Okay. Yeah, she's very blasé too. Like if you go once, you know it's her dad. If you go back and watch that first scene, just how like she's like, oh yeah, he went missing. Like mm. what's your dad? Like <laughs> a little emotion. She said it like that. I think she was like, he went missing. Like it was like serious. So. I don't think so. <laughs> And is it your own father didn't have the guts? That's not very nice. Well, it's true. <laughs> Frankie's a realist. <laughs> she explains that she sent the invitation to Ethan because she wants him to finish Uncas's work. Ethan is skeptical that he could come up with a way to stop the Grinner when Hooper suggests that the key is microwaves. <laughs> yeah, right. Where am I going to find a microwave oven that big? Not an oven. Mr. Wrightson has... No, the only way to stop the... As they're talking it over, a few drops of blue slime drip onto the drawings, and they look up to find the Grinner perched behind them. Good job. Yes, this is the first, like, shot of the actual Grinner. Yeah. The Grinner traps Frankie while Ethan and Hooper run back to their school to get Wrightson's giant microwave. Uh, And the Grinner, like, just grabs her by the neck, kind of... Right. uh, Violently, Yeah. yeah. While they're in the classroom looking for the machine... They share an affectionate moment, but it's interrupted when Wrightson finds them. I hope there's an explanation for this. Um, not one that you'd buy. This is no laughing matter, young man! suddenly attacks, paralyzing the teacher while the kids escape back to the comic shop. Good. <laughs> I think that was a joke. When they get there, Hooper convinces Ethan that the only way to stop the Grinner is to complete Uncas's unfinished drawings. 
So he goes to work. <laughs> As he's scrambling to fill in the panels, the Grinner appears and attacks Hooper. Luckily, she's immune to the Grinner's powers, and Ethan rushes at him with the finished strike. Know what happened to the last guy tried to stop me? Let's just say that his subscription was cancelled. <laughs> Sorry, I don't have much of a sense of humor. Sucking them both into the comic book world. <laughs> and these shots of, like, just the comic pages with, like, their audio over them is not ideal. <laughs> I thought it was pretty well done, considering they probably didn't have the budget to actually do oh, it. Oh, no, no, no. I didn't have a problem with the style of, like, the animation or anything, but, like, just the effect of... It felt like they were reading lines. Stay with me. I'm with you, kid. Let's go! Come back here! You can't escape! Microwaves didn't work in my world, but they will in yours. Oh. Yeah. Like, stop right there. Feel like that. <laughs> and some of the voices, like, uh, Uncas's voice almost sounded like it was just, t- or not Uncas, uh, the Grinner's voice sounded like it was a different person yeah. altogether. Yeah, yeah. Like, they thought of this later. <laughs> well, I had a question. So, Hooper, she was immune because she wasn't laughing, right? Yeah, she's just, but, like, I mean, too... So, everybody else she... was laughing when this crazy clown character I think they're just, like, he's, like, bringing out their hysteria or something, mm-hmm. and Hooper's just so dry that... Yeah. It's okay. Like... Although, the Grinner had a good, like, five seconds with Ethan, and Ethan didn't turn mental. Uh, uh, at the school, he picks up Ethan. Oh, but he got... And that's another edit. When he's at the school with <laughs> Ethan, they he pretty much just, like, wings his way down, and it cuts to the comic shop. Like the... Um, hmm. It's a bad edit. Okay. I'm telling you. All right. <laughs> I'd have to look at it again. Um, so Hooper reads the pages in which Ethan meets up with the Uncases and gains the upper hand using microwaves. <laughs> but the Grinner isn't stopped so easily. And Ethan calls for Hooper's help. Hooper quickly jumps into action and uses her giant eraser <laughs> to scrub the grinner from the final panel. <laughs> did you mention we have? Had, did you mention we saw this eraser prior? No. She no. drops her stuff yeah. and it falls out of her bag. Yeah. And he picks it up and he like kind of like is like laughing at it yeah. and he hands it to her and she acts like she's really embarrassed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've just never heard of a human being embarrassed about an eraser. Well, it's did a you, pretty did big you eraser. You read it right, like. For big mistakes. Yeah, it was like a joke, but she's like a very serious... Like, oh, yeah. You know, that makes sense. Okay, yeah, yeah, I get that makes it. sense. With an explosion, Ethan and the Uncases are freed from the comic pages, and Sylvester Uncas hands Ethan the finished pages. Ah, <laughs> uh, Ethan, Hooper, I want you to meet my father, Sylvester Uncas. Wow. I knew you could do it. Ethan. I believe these belong to you. I like Uncas's look and his voice are like a surprising combo. It's like this very old, angry man, and then this deep, gravelly voice. And he wasn't talking at first. At first I thought, is he going to say anything? (laughs) He's just standing there. He does, you know what, the whole Uncas thing feels almost like an afterthought, like 
he was supposed to be dead originally, and maybe somebody said, oh, we can't have him dead. We gotta have some, like, him alive somehow. And this pa- was just, to like, To pass one, on to Ethan? Just, like, as a way of not having a, to talk about death in a kid's <laughs> show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sometime later, Ethan is back at the comic book store, signing copies of his own comic book, with Hooper and Frankie at his side. Back. And that's it for the main story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Ethan's like a real hotshot right now. Yeah. He's got his own comic book. The pro. And it, it, yeah. it literally ends with him just sitting back in his seat like... <laughs> Finally yeah. figured it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I am a boss. <laughs> Does he literally... Right? Doesn't he literally put his yeah, arms Yeah, he above? like pulls his hair back. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks to Sylvester Elkis. Yeah. And his own determination and will to yeah. finish the pages. As for Ethan, well, you might say he finally made it into the comics. Continued next issue. That was really, uh, ghastly. <laughs> I declare this meeting of the Midnight Society closed. Thanks for letting me borrow. That was awesome. You did my work. So back at the Midnight Society, Gary tells perhaps the worst non-joke of the series, <laughs> <laughs> and the meeting the meeting is uh, declared closed. Um, yeah, it's a short outro for the Midnight yeah. Society. Yes. Um, yeah, really short. Like, yeah. just wanted to get out of there, get home. <laughs> yeah, maybe fit um, in more story. You know what? Before we move on, uh, there was another problem with the microwave thing mm-hmm. to me. Like, it wasn't even... The major problem wasn't even the microwave being in there themselves, but that, in the end, the microwaves were completely unnecessary and useless in stopping the grinner. So it was like, what? Right, it was What's going er- on. With it was an er- it was an eraser, <laughs> yeah. which again is much more interesting than a microwave. Yes, yeah. That like all you had to do was mm-hmm. erase the picture. Yeah. Like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that was the weak part, but it was For almost sure. like maybe the short story was too short or something. They were like, how do we squeeze like, in add another? A facet. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So that's that's the ghastly grinner. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like this going over it just can't quite. <laughs> embody the greatness of the episode itself yeah we, uh, we are harping on a lot of the problems but it's much scarier than your normal are you afraid of the dark mm-hmm. episode the visual effects of the people in the episode is really good yeah and it's very pleasant to watch like the settings are really good yes um yeah. the comic book store is cool um so there is a ton that works Looks about great it. yeah yeah and those uh as you mentioned those um Cutting between the scene with the comic pages. A very cool effect. Not for me. Well, I liked oh, it. Oh, oh. I liked it. It, it was... I, the cuts were just so abrupt um, in the episode. Yeah, they were a little. Yeah. That yeah. didn't bother me, really. Okay. Um, all right. Boy, well, <laughs> you gotta move it along. Yeah, let's move it along. Let's talk uh, about all the things that went into this. Hi. This is Bios Trivia... Ratings and stray observations. Well, uh, I'm going to take a look at bios to get started. Why not? Um, 
So Ethan Wood was played by Amos Crowley, and he was in Goosebumps, The Virgin Suicides, Bakugan most recently, and you probably remember him most from Billy Madison. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, he's his friend at the high school. (laughs) That was filmed like the same year as the Yassi Premier. Wow, cool. I had to look it up because I saw it on IMDb. I was like, who the heck was he? So it took me a long time, but I found it. Amos is a cool name. Yeah. He looks like super, like, I don't know, he had a very distinct look as a kid, but now he looks super normal. Yeah. Like, oh, really? Yeah. Like, okay. Not so anyway. grungy. Yeah. You think he's handsome now? Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't really look at him now. <laughs> he just, he's got a beard? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, the one I saw? Maybe. Uh, I don't oh, know. so you did pull him up. On IMDb, I did. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't looking at, I wasn't blowing up the images. <laughs> Uh, the next person is <laughs> Hooper Picolero, yes. who's played by Heidi Burbella, um, and she was only in Are You Afraid of the Dark? Wow. This and The Tale of the Walking Shadow. Okay. Um, wow, okay. Which so. uh, it was like a Macbeth episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark, which I've never seen. It's one part of the later series, Yeah. Hmm. Um, but it has a 9.5 on that. Wow, okay. So, yeah. I, <laughs> Wow, I maybe, thought those episodes she must have been were like a friend of the producers or something. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, Sylvester Uncas was played by Danny Raboy. Only credit, Are You Afraid of the Dark, this episode. <laughs> <laughs> this guy definitely seems like he's never acted before. Yeah, like they grabbed him real quickly. we got to fill some an old guy in. Mm-hmm. Um, Frankie Uncas was played by Missy Christensen. She's only been in two things, this and something called Rainbow. Around the same time, <laughs> and uh, half of her, high, her half of her acting reel is just her saying cakes. <laughs> I bet there's a YouTube video of just cakes, 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 cakes. Did you notice at the end though? She does, stops calling him once he saves the day. She starts calling him Ethan. She doesn't call him cakes again. Mm. Wow, respect. Interesting. Um, and finally, the ghastly grinner, played by Neil Kretsch. I think you pronounce the name. Um, he's been in a lot of stuff. But the only things that like. I knew of her Lassie, um, like the remake series, and On the Road, the oh, movie yeah. from a few years ago. Oh, okay. Cool. This is like his top credit on IMDb. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> is it his picture on IMDb? Mm-hmm. Um, the, yes. pi- the Grinner picture is on there. Oh, okay. That's not his uh, profile picture. <laughs> Uh, well, I looked at uh, some of the people behind the scenes here. I looked at the director, who we haven't talked about yet, um, but... He's kind of like, besides DJ McHale, one of the real powerhouses behind Are You Afraid of the Dark? Mm-hmm. His name's Ron Oliver, uh, and he worked on 17 episodes of um, Are You Afraid of the Dark, including Phantom Cab, Laughing in the Dark, Super Specs, Dark wow. Music, Frozen Ghost, Full Moon, Magician's Assistance, Old Man Corcoran, Carve Stone, Curious Camera, Crimson Clown, Renegade Virus, Water Demons, Ghastly Grinner, Station 109.1, Prisoner's Pass, and Door Unlocked. Some of the best. Yeah, yeah, a lot of good ones. Yeah, so uh, I think probably he was a, a real asset to the show. Uh, he also worked on some other stuff. Uh, he worked on five episodes of The Tomorrow People, mm. People, a show I remember from being uh, you know, yeah, a little yeah. kid. Uh, one episode of Alex Mack. He worked on 16 episodes of Goosebumps, that wow. traitor. Uh, <laughs> five an- uh, episodes of Animorphs. Uh, three episodes of the Chris Isaac show. I guess that was a thing. Uh, three episodes of Degrassi, The Next Generation. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and 
and then um, I wrote here, this is just my note that I have here, which is uh, apparently he is now the Hallmark Channel god. Uh, <laughs> like He has like three movies a year on Hallmark Channel. Wow. Um, so he's still very much working. Mm-hmm. If you're a Hallmark Channel fan, you're familiar he's with Ryan He's set for life. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we've already talked to DJ McHale, of course, so I took a look at a name that always um, popped up in the credits that I thought was interesting. That's the art director on Are You Afraid of the Dark, and his name is uh, Real Peru. Um, oh, it looks yeah. like Real yeah. Prux. Um, but Real Peru uh, was the art director. He worked on 54 episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Um, and then he has a few, just a few other um, credits. He was uh, on the art production design side of four episodes of Space Cases. Uh, he was the art director for the movie The Day After Tomorrow uh, with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Wow. And then he was a um, like I guess he was art director for certain locations on two of Martin Scorsese's movies um, The Aviator and Shutter Island. He was the art director in Montreal. So whatever they shot I guess in those locations he worked on those. Wow. Uh, so yeah, a little bit about him. But uh, now I think probably trivia and uh, strap observations might bleed into each other a little bit this week. There's okay. like a lot of. Um... I mean, I've only got one thing that I even think is semi-trivia. Okay. That's kind of nonsense. Okay. Um, for some reason, it's reported in multiple places online that Unkis is misspelled Unkin in the end credits of the episode. Uh, and I've noticed this before, but I looked specifically this time, and it's not misspelled. So I'm not sure where this <laughs> crazy thing came from, but it's spreading. That's why the trivia is, yeah, you gotta be careful. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, you know, I, some of the trivia I found, which I know this is for sure true, when uh, Ethan lifts up the comic book, uh, when there's a hole burned in it, the back of it has advertisements for Are You Afraid of the Dark and mm. Ren and Stimpy. Yeah. Um, and then this again, this might be part of stray observations, but you want to maybe name some of the comic books that were? Yeah, I didn't even bother uh, okay. going <laughs> through that. There was just so many. I was like, eh, they're superheroes. Yeah. Uh, I wrote some down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Ma- you know what? I oh. Ma- I watched it with Max, of course, because. He's always with me, with me, but he's like... He won't stop following you? Or... He, he, oh, right. you guys are married. That's right. <laughs> but I was just sitting there with a notebook, and I wasn't writing anything down, and he paused, and he's like, aren't you going to write these down? Aren't you going to write down all these these comic books? <laughs> he's like, no, I don't really care. And he rewound it, and I had to write them down. So, But, but we can't hear him? Oh, no, you can. Oh, you um, know him? Yeah. Well, she mentions... The one, are you talking about the one she picks up and mentions? Oh, no. You're just talking about the one... I saw X-Men. X-Men. And uh, that's it. I only know the other ones that she <laughs> mentioned. Max is dying inside. I, was, I really didn't put that much effort in. Uh, there was Spider-Man, Venom, Batman, Iron Man, Thor, Hulk, the Joker, and Daredevil. Um, and then in the episode, you can also spot several Are You Afraid of the Dark characters. Did you spot any of them? Oh, yeah. Uh, you got mm-hmm. that's right. There's the knight yeah. from the bookish babysitter. Good. Um, Andrew, you can yell him out. The first one's the big one. I was like, oh man! Like when I saw it, I was like, wow, this is crazy. Yeah. yeah. Which Go was for it? it. Yeah. The Crimson Clown, of course. Oh, yeah. oh yes, that's right. That's right. <laughs> oh yeah, very. I remember seeing that episode, that in the episode for the first time. Like, oh man, they're <laughs> like. You know. 
What else? Throw him back. Um, there's also the Watcher from. Was that the last one? The no, last he's character? like a weird skeleton face. Oh yeah, okay. It's like his fake form or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there is Keith. Yep. Also oh. known as the Dark Dragon. <laughs> right. <laughs> you and Max know that one well. Uh, yeah, sure <laughs> um, although the cardboard cutout of Keith is like a much clearer shot than we ever get. Yes. <laughs> in the actual episode. <laughs> um, yeah, that's kind of cool. Uh, Trivia here said, It turns out the comic was continued after all because in the episode of The Tale of Seven Sea, Lisa is seen reading a Ghastly Grinner comic book. Um, And then in The Tale of the Manaha, Steve uh, shows that he's reading one too. Um, Yeah. So there's there's more comics. That kind of annoys me though. I saw it said, like they say something like, First edition, volume six. Yeah. Like what does that even mean? That's (laughs) nonsense. Uh, Yeah, I don't. I don't know either. So that annoys me. So I'm, I, I don't really count that it's like, hey, you know, yeah. like a sixth issue in the series, necessarily. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, my favorite, as I mentioned earlier, my favorite trivia fact that I found online was some viewers mistook Ethan for a girl due to his hair, which is not really trivia. It's just someone who went online and said, like, <laughs> yeah. I thought Ethan yeah. was a girl. <laughs> Um, and then before we jump in, uh, so these are from Vince. Uh, he wanted to, I'll read his email later, but uh, he wanted to share some of his own trivia. Ah, cool. He said, what was Ethan's mom about to make before the kitchen microwave exploded? Oh, man. Pizza bagel or? Oh, uh, pizza waffles. Very good. Pizza uh, waffles. Yeah, very nice. Uh, what is written on Hooper's eraser? I think we mentioned it. Big mistakes, like yeah, four, four big mistakes. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever have those, by the way? I had multiple. The giant of those, erasers I think, that actually said for big mistakes on it. Oh mm. no! Like, it was like so. a thing mm-hmm. for a while. <laughs> Did you love getting it out like every time? Like um, no, I never used it because uh. you're trying to carry it around at school and it's huge. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Where do I put That'd this? be a good Nick box. Yeah, thing. that would be good. Mm-hmm. But it's like burnt and melted. Like <gasps> oh yeah. <laughs> oh, that would be cool. Um, what is the what is the nickname Ethan receives from Frankie, the comic shop owner? Brownies. It's cakes. <laughs> you had me fooled. Yeah. Really? Yes. <laughs> you looked at me like, are you crazy? What are the two comics that Frankie tries to sell Ethan in the beginning of the episode? Oh man, Fishman. And? Uh, I can't remember the other one. I know this. Dust Boy. Yeah, oh, yeah. Fishman and Dust Boy, yep. Which one would you rather read? Dust Boy. Dust Boy. Yeah, I think I have to agree. It's just so strange. I mean, isn't Fishman just Aquaman, probably? No. Yeah, she or describes them. But what is Maybe. Dust Boy? Well, Fishman is reporter by day, radioactive trout by night. <laughs> I don't know what Dust Boy is. Pass. <laughs> uh, and then he says, when the ghastly grinner appears behind Hooper, what cardboard cutout is he standing next to? Uh, Alright, thanks Vince, and I'm going to read more from Vince later. Uh, What straps observations do you have? So, uh, Samantha suggests this is how they get the ideas for comics. Um, At the beginning of the episode. I don't know. Anchovy pizza before bed. Oh, Uh, right. Okay. (laughs) 
<laughs> the flyer from the comic book store says what besides inviting him to the thing? P prizes, fun That's, prizes, yep. and much more. What does it say at the end? I don't know. Come early, avoid the crowd. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah. Okay. In the first shot of the comic store, there's a close-up on this this superhero. Um, Iron Man? Nope. Spider-Man? Nope. X-Men? Nope. Any of them. Wolverine. Any of the X-Men. Nope. I don't know. Superman. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dust Boy costs this much. One dollar or four for five. Yep. Which is not a five. That's not a good deal. Maybe there's more than one issue. Oh, okay. <laughs> and isn't this the grand opening? So why yeah. would she say I can't give these away? You wouldn't That's know. True. You just <laughs> you just opened. That's true. Great point. <laughs> um, besides cakes, Frankie has another uh, weird word that she uses to describe. Oh, um, yeah, I wrote it down. Uh, she called someone. Zoomers? Yep. Uh, the Love it. To was that to describe the publishers who were rejecting him? She said that yes. there are a bunch of Zoomers. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you look that up? Is that a real term? I did not look that up. I didn't either. But I like it. <laughs> uh, the Ghastly Grinner was published by this company. Ooh, that's a good one. No, I don't know. Marvel Comics. Wow. Mm. Wait, they just straight up used Marvel? Well, they like taped over the word Marvel on the top of it or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I noted that I liked how she said, how one of them says, like, issue one, volume one. Yeah. Like, that was a big comic book thing, you know, yeah. at yeah. the time. Dang. Um, there's something that, uh, on the back of the comic, the Ren and Simpy and Are You Afraid of the Dark things are a part of something larger, a larger Nickelodeon, um, like, advertising thing. Did you notice what it was? No. no. It is Camp Nickelodeon. And the ad said, everything you want in a summer camp without the mosquitoes. Ah. Huh. Was that a real thing? Uh, I looked it up. I couldn't find it, but I feel like I remember this. Yeah. Uh, like, I think it was just an order. Like, you order books or something. Okay. During mm. the summer. Cool. Um, Ho Hooper originally thinks the co comic is called this. <laughs> the Ghastly Grinder. Yeah. <laughs> another, another thing, like, if she's so smart, why would she... I just maybe she I don't just know. doesn't I liked care. It. I liked it. Yeah, she that was <laughs> like, so yeah, dumb. Whatever. She's not even looking at it right. Um, <laughs> there's a uh, name for the idea of comic books being real worlds. Did you catch what this was? Mm, no. no. It's the Enkensian theory, uh, which I looked up and it seems to be fake. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds right. Um, and finally. We see at the end, Ethan's comic book uh, has a title. Did you catch what it is? Ethan. Yeah. Just <laughs> the worst. <laughs> I was always irritated with that. Like, yeah. at least call it Super Ethan or something. Yeah. yeah. But that's it for me. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I had one that I had... Let me Do you still see. have it? <laughs> well, I told you guys I wrote I wrote everything down, and then I accidentally brought the wrong piece of paper, so I brought my list of doctor's appointments. <laughs> Do you want to share that? <laughs> yeah, next Thursday I'm booked all day long. I took I took off work, and I'm just morning till about 1:45. I'll be at the doctor. Um, 
The, oh yes, I do remember one. When they're in class and they're using the microwave, what what's in the microwave? Oh, it's like a sausage. Yeah. But it's oh, it's yeah. pretty like grotesque. Yeah. It is. <laughs> See? It stood out to me. I wrote it down. Yeah, it was weird looking. This is. I think that's the only thing I can remember. Okay. Uh, well, my first strap observation is uh, Betty Ann's sweater is incredible. I don't know if you caught it. Oh, yes, I said that. That's the first thing I said. Yeah, she looked great. Yeah, I huh. loved it. I didn't notice it. What does it look like? Just like bright colors yeah. and... Like very, yeah, patterned. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was like vibrant for a Midnight Society meeting, mm -hmm. I felt like. Yeah. Um, she, yeah, she's the best. Uh, <laughs> do you know how many times Frankie calls Ethan cakes? I would never go back just to count. <laughs> I'm gonna say four. Oh no way! It's way more than four. No. I'm gonna say seven or eight. Eight. <laughs> it was uh, six. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, well, two yeah. more than two. <laughs> uh, what foods were Ethan's parents eating? Popcorn. Mm -hmm. And the pizza waffles. Pizza or was she was talking about pretzels, pizza waffles. maybe. Pretzels were out. Um. Other stuff. Mm -hmm. One more. Um, was it a candy of some sort? It's a classic uh, 90s Nickelodeon, 90s like food that you always see on like bowls and bowls. Cereal. No. Uh, uh, it was cheese curls. Ah, uh, cheese curls. Um, I, uh, just, just a note, I love the kitchen uh, in the house. It's mm, like got yeah. a lot of clutter, like really yeah. represents the parents, like all the counter spaces filled with just like kind of mm -hmm. junk. So I like that, uh... So again, art direction, that's Scorsese level <laughs> right, art direction. Ray Pru. <laughs> Did great. Um, Ethan's dad's name? Oh, oh, man. I'm not sure. Um, she Dan? said it, didn't she yell? I was gonna say Dan. <laughs> that's so weird. Then, no, I don't have a guess. John. Uh, John. Um, how many blue goo mouths do we get, like, <clears throat> of just oh the dripping blue? Three. Um... At least four. Four, I'll say. It's five. Uh, five. Five. Um, mom, dad, bus driver, mm -hmm. teacher, oh, yeah, the and, teacher. And, and grinner. Oh, oh yeah, oh, I didn't count him. Yep. Um, did you kept, catch Hooper's parents' names? We're also, oh, you know. Bob. No. Uh, although, was it Uncle Remember when oh, yeah, yes. he doesn't have Great. an Uncle Bob. Yeah. yeah, I like that line a lot. Very yeah. creepy. That's in my top quotes of this episode. Oh, sorry. Which, uh, no, no, <laughs> I like it. Um, yeah, it's uh, Peggy and Phil. Yeah. Uh, okay. Ratings. Uh, IMDb gives this one a 9.1 out of 10. Very good. 8.7 out of 10 on TV.com. Um, so what did you give the tale of the ghastly grinner? Um, this is an unusual case here where, in spite of all its flaws, I'm giving it a five out of five. Wow. What? <laughs> I, I just love this episode. As a kid, it was like just wow. maybe my favorite episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Um, I remember like bringing it, um, in for like a class field trip, like as to watch as we were like eating or something like wow. for lunch and Probably everybody thought it was crazy or something, but uh, <laughs> I loved it. Like, it Wait, they really showed it? That's cool. Um, yeah, they showed it. Wow. Like, I taped it off TV. Um, and that was very nice of you. Yeah, and I think uh, we kind of bonded over this episode as we were yeah. growing up. Mm -hmm. um, it was just a really incredible one. Um, 
do you remember uh, that one time, like, there was supposed to be a new episode of Are You yes, Editor? Yes, it was New Year's Eve, which oh, is new kind Year's of a weird time. <clears throat> Sorry. Which is kind of a weird time to think that there would be a new episode, yeah. but I think we were convinced it was going to be a new yeah. one. And there we was, were... like, a commercial, I think, saying, yeah. new episode tonight, are you afraid <laughs> of the And we dark? were, it, it, my parents had a big New Year's Eve party, and we were all gathered upstairs in my parents' room because they had a TV, like, just the kids. And it was the beginning of the Gasly Grinner, and we're like, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> I remember us being pretty upset. Yeah. Like, what? Well, at least it's the Gasly Grinner. Yeah, it's a good episode, but yeah. still annoying. <laughs> Yeah, it's like the tale of the chameleon or something. <laughs> it's like, what the? <laughs> um, well, what did you give uh, Ghastly Grinner? It's funny because I would have given it a higher rating, but you guys are so um, <laughs> critical of me. Anytime I rate something, you guys are like, whoa, that's pretty high, or whoa, that's kind of low. I, I don't, I don't I know. I think we're pretty critical in general to every single person <laughs> yeah, giving a rating. It's not just, just like... So at first I wrote a 3.5. Wow. I was like, but I like this way that more than low? that. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> and then I I really like it and because I was thinking about all the plot holes and the microwave thing. And it's still something that I really enjoy watching. But I don't know if I can watch it. I don't know. I don't know. So I officially wrote down a 3.7, but I'm going to give it a 4. Oh, cool. Nice, 4. Nice. You heard it here in stone. What is it's it? It's a 4 out of 5 for me. What's the big thing that keeps it from being higher for you? Um, I don't know. I, maybe the mi- the whole microwave thing and mm-hmm. it moves just the way it's cut and it moves mm-hmm. pretty quickly. and I don't know. Yeah. It's just not... Um, I don't know how to describe it. I don't it. know. Yeah, yeah, we're on the exact same page. I, I gave it a four. I said I didn't love the microwave premise. Um, didn't like the way it was edited. But otherwise, a, I don't know. Undeniably a classic character. Yeah. And it's I feel, scary. I feel like we're going to agitate some um, listeners because there are people out there like love, love this episode. And um, I get it. I totally get yeah. it. Uh, you probably could speak better for them than we could. Well, you love it too. I do. It's um, it's a great episode. There's just like if you're watching it in the way I guess we're watching it, where we're kind of like nitpicking at stuff, then it like starts crumbling a little bit, but it's still strong. But there's like it's a rare anything that can, in spite of like these big of flaws, like still be great. Just not many things do that. Most things right. crumble under these problems. But, like, somehow mm-hmm. the story made no sense, and still the episode is, like, really enjoyable. Yeah. It's like, how is this possible? No, no, no. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still with you. I, I, so, for people who love the episode, I think everybody sitting here actually really likes it. But uh, Yeah, I love it. Uh, yeah. Um, well, we gave our names, but let's, uh, you know, let's give Melissa yeah, yeah. a chance to name the episode. The Tale of the Cursed Comic. Uh, that's nice. pretty good. Hey, yeah. thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so go around one more time. Um, mine was The Tale of the Malfunctioning Microwave. <laughs> <laughs> the Tale of the Cursed Comic. And The Tale of Blue Goo. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, just before we wrap things up, why don't I uh, just give you some of my favorite lines from this episode? Please do. 
Um, is this going to be a new thing? Maybe. I just do we need do we need a theme song? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. okay, I won't argue with it. All right. Um, what do we call this? Hmm. Well, I guess we don't have to decide yeah, yeah, live yeah, yeah. while okay. we're recording. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, number five. But it's one of a kind. Correction. It's none of a kind. <laughs> oh, yes. The teacher, yes. <laughs> Another, like, comic book yeah. type of thing. Yeah. Um, I hope there's an explanation for this. Um, not one that you buy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I sit across from you in Mr. Wright's in science class. You know, glasses, sweater, braces. <laughs> I guess I'm a nerd. That's how she says Boy. it. I guess I'm a nerd. <laughs> I, I like it. Um, I oh, oh it. and Ethan saying, oh, right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you're not a nerd. <laughs> um, I don't have much sense of a, I don't have much of a sense of humor, Ethan. Yeah, well, I don't have an Uncle Bob. Ah, oh, so yeah, good. Yeah, that one's good. And finally... Did your house just explode? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yes, I love that one. <laughs> when he, Ethan's already taken off and it's just the shot of the phone sitting yeah. there. Yeah. Really good. That's great in any show when it's just yes. like someone waiting on the line like, hello? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I, I, I'd like these uh, top line segments. I... Me too. This whole time I've been thinking about a title. Oh. Oh. Well, the last minute. Curse well, comments I... was good. Oh, n- oh no, I am uh, thinking about Andrew. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, I'm catching up. Um, well, we got uh, just a couple of email here we're going to read, including, like I said, Vince uh, sent us more thoughts besides his trivia. So uh, he said, howdy, bar none, buckaroos. It's finally happening. The BOC squad is covering the ghastly grinner. One, if not, of my favorite tales. I still remember seeing this episode premiere on SNCC and being terrified for many nights after. I could go on and on about this episode, but here's just some random thoughts and observations. Number one, I love the nod to former Are You Afraid of the Dark episodes in the comic shop. Dark Dragon, Bookish Babysitter, Watcher's Woods, and Crimson Clown. Even the Ghastly Grinner comic has an Are You Afraid of the, um, Are You Afraid VHS ad on the back. Um, two, Ethan getting caught reading a comic in class is so 90s. No phones or tablets back then, kids. Three, I feel bad for Ethan. His parents are so out of touch and TV addicted. Also, look at all the snack food around. Can we say diabetes? Four, let's talk about something that really makes this episode memorable. The disgusting blue drool that flies out of people's mouth who have been turned into giggling idiots. Nauseating. And yet, here I am wondering what it tasted like. (laughs) Five, one thing I don't get is how Hooper's parents show up at Ethan's house. They clearly know each other, but earlier Ethan's mom tells him that there's a girl on the phone. Why wouldn't she just say, Ethan, it's Hooper? Also, her mom is holding a pot, so that must have... So they must have been invited prior to being turned plot holes much? It was a little weird. Like, they showed up at Ethan's house. Kind of. yeah. yeah. Like, they needed for... <coughs> they needed a reason for Hooper, Hooper to be, like, involved or yeah. have a But she doesn't purpose. even seem that phased. <laughs> like, yeah. like, when they see the comic and her parents are drooling, she's like, oh, my parents. <laughs> oh, no. I, I don't know. Um, six, the bus driver. Wow, the best head spin in the series. I always thought this was a little intense for a kid's show, and I'm so glad they filmed it. 7. The entrance of the ghastly grinner. It was at that moment as a kid that I wanted to have an... (laughs) that I had an accident in my pants. This villain is easily at top 5 in pure nightmare fuel. The colors, the blue drool, the teeth, the eyes, the laugh, need I say more? 
That close-up of his face spinning in circles as he laughs. I'm pretty sure I ran out of my room as a kid. Thanks for the memories, Nick. 8. I give the actor playing Ghastly Grinner credit, because when he lifts the science teacher up and turns him into a laughing idiot, blue drool is spit into his face. Rewatch it. Nasty. Talk about devotion to the acting craft. <laughs> 9. The soundtrack in this episode is great, in my opinion. The loud sounds when the ghastly, when the ghastly Grinner appears, suspenseful, and has a great superhero theme for Ethan. That's one of the best things about this show. Each episode has its own unique soundtrack and feel. That's, that's true. 10. The similarity between the Ghastly Grinner and Batman's Joker is hard to overlook. I wonder if DJ was influenced by the Joker. 11. The ending. It's nice to see the parents acknowledging Ethan's talent. Too bad they have to ham it up for the cameras. We all know you didn't believe in him, but that's okay. <laughs> 12. This is... This was one episode I needed a sequel to. Hey DJ, it's not too late. I'm also shocked Nickelodeon never actually made the Ghastly Grinner comic a reality. Uh, he says, you guys rule. Thanks for continuing the hard work. Also, this was a Betty Ann story. We all know she's the best member of the squad. <laughs> con con continue next time, next issue. Uh, Thanks, nice. Vince. Yeah, yeah, always nice awesome. to hear from you. Uh, this one's from Cameron. Subject line, excelente. <laughs> <laughs> When I read the plot of this episode, I was unsure if it would be good or not. For me, plot lines having to do with the main characters struggling to kick someone out of their home while their guests trash up their home is not a favorite of mine. It feels unpleasant seeing the guests be ungrateful slash oblivious of destroying the host's belongings and personal space. In fact, most people would say it's one of the most overused story devices mainly used in sitcoms. Heh. <laughs> what, you guys didn't know that? <laughs> But somehow Pete and Pete actually made it work. The execution is more unique, and while Teddy is obnoxious towards the Wrigleys, the show made sure that he was a nuisance to the characters and not to the audience, which is something that, in my opinion, a lot of shows failed to do. And Teddy is actually an interesting individual. I never knew someone who enjoyed speedwalking. <laughs> my favorite part is Big Pete screaming after Teddy intervenes with his phone call and runs into a kid's party. <laughs> the resolution at the end is okay. What the Wrigleys did was pretty cruel, but Pete was willing to apologize to him. But Teddy's reasoning for leaving was pretty weak. The episode I would describe as excellente. Sincerely, Cameron. P.S. Soul. <laughs> Soul. Uh, well, thanks, Cameron. Yeah. Um, yeah. The trouble with Teddy. Oh boy. Still, I'm still st buzzing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, still been thinking about it every once in a while yeah. since then. Yeah. It's great. Um, I mean, it was very fun to talk Ghastly Grinner, uh, but Cameron gives us a perfect segue into what our next episode's going to be. Do you want to tell people? Yeah, next time we're going to be talking to Teddy Forsman himself, <laughs> David Martell. Yeah, uh, very exciting. Yeah, yeah so we're going to get to talk to him a little bit about his experience with the show. Uh, we'll be, as always, doing our favorite Teddy episodes after we talk to David. Um, so we hope you'll check that out next week. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us in the meantime, we're on Twitter at BOC Podcast, at Instagram at Orange Couch Podcast. You can email us like Vince and... Uh, Cameron did at orangecouchpodcast at gmail.com you can hear us on iTunes and you can hear us on Podbean uh, leave us a review uh, that's always very helpful shout out to our newest 5 star reviewer JD Gravett uh, we really appreciate uh, your review um, and then tell a friend <laughs> uh, Melissa Yep. Th thanks for reminiscing about Grinner with us always fun the Grinner one of the best. Yeah. Well, 
Not one of them. I mean, what's what's the scale? (laughs) I'm just saying. I mean, in all of Nickelodeon, just I I don't know. Like, what is is a five for you? Uh, well, for me, this was five. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, you know what I mean. But I don't know. I don't know. This was no. um, Good about the four. No. Dead Man's Float. No, Dead Man's Float is great. Yeah. This is just very scary. I don't know. Yeah. You, are, you guys are always making me second guess my rating. <laughs> but I feel pretty good about the four out of five. No, that is good. Yeah. That is good. It doesn't mean it's not good. It, it's a great episode. What's, really? what's your favorite episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? I don't know. Don't put me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> I'll write you an email. All right, well, good luck at your doctor's appointment next week. Yeah, <laughs> I got a few of them. Three. Yeah. Well, good luck. That's my life. Yes. Uh, um, well, uh, that's it for us. I guess we'll see you next time. sick or anything i'm pretty i'm healthy just a bunch of checkups (laughs) (laughs) thank god mental and physical good Uh, they're all physical just (laughs) checkups i've never even heard of it i've never even heard of a day where you just book all your doctor's appointments is this a real thing it is i mean now yeah i mean it's easy for me it's gotta be tiring yeah, I told my boss, I said, I'll be done at about one forty-five, so I could probably get back for the last, like, hour and a half of work. Yeah. And she's like, no, Melissa, just don't come back to work, okay? It's a, that's going to be a long day. Yeah.